it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today, as always, is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation, the other third of this operation, Scott. Scott, it's time. Huh? We're Sam. Here. Yes. We've been waiting, guys. This is this is this is it. It is the there was a, there was an episode a few a uh, month or so ago called the Combo for the Storm. But this is the calm before the storm. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the go-home show for NXT TakeOver. Stand and deliver the beginning of Bedlam Media's WrestleMania Week coverage. We're super, super excited. Scott, how excited are we? Oh, my God. There's so much wrestling that's going to be happening in the next, like, oh, God, like two weeks. It's going to be insane. And we're going to cover it. And we're going to be exhausted, but we're going to love it at the same time. Yes, we are. And don't forget, you know, Scott will not stop recording per usual. He will be doing his Raw Review Smackdown study. Please keep up with those. Check those out if you can. Uh, we will be doing – I will be doing solo above the ring next week for AEW and Impact. Um, loaded, loaded week. Just keep an eye out. Keep an eye out, guys. We got shit. Mad shit. <laughs> Lot of shit. <laughs> Podcast shit. Gonna be coming at you. Yeah, starting. Well, what did we say next? Uh, besides my raw review on Tuesday, Thursday through like the following Tuesday, it's just nonstop. It's gonna be just full of delicious wrestling in your ears. Yes, it is. But we're gonna quickly kick things off quickly. This episode, we got some results. We got a uh, little bit of news. First and foremost. Big news, probably very important, very big. Um, New Japan Pro Wrestling has officially introduced their new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title belt. Uh, this was dropped sometime earlier in the week. This is the announcement of the unification of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental title. Why did this? I'm still a little confused. Um but even more confusing is the title. Uh, it, I oh. saw... Mm. Yeah, exactly. Like I saw it online, like, and I was just like, oh, 
Like, I wasn't, like, blown away by... Like, New Japan's titles are, like, phenomenal. And this this one was just like, oh. I'm like, it kind of looks like the Divas Championship, at least the shape of it. Yeah, that's the feeling I got from looking at it. <laughs> I'm like, um, didn't we also say it kind of looks like a toy? Yep. It's uh-huh. just like I didn't. I was I was I was taken aback by it. I was like, this this does not okay, interesting. But yeah, that's the uh, that's the title. Unfortunately, now. Again, you know, I've looked at, I've gone back and looked at the IWGP heavyweight title prior to the last belt. What a beautiful was, title that was. Uh, it's, this, the last belt um, was gorgeous. But yes. there was, that, that wasn't even the title for long. Um, that was like maybe not even 15 years. Before that, it was like just uh, about the same size as the this new one, kind of just circular and dinky. So they're kind of going back to their roots a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So this is what the belt looked like for a long time. Actually, wow, I bring it up, Scott. And nope, those are nope, those are the actual titles. <laughs> But this, I'm gonna send. Uh, if you if you Google it, Scott, Google IWGP heavyweight IWGP title design, and it'll show you the titles throughout the years. And I'll tell you right now, I think the last belt was the best rendition of that belt, hands down. Um. Now we could warm up to it over time. Yeah. Um. Why they went with this design, I don't know. know. But in my personal opinion, my personal opinion, Scott, I think this puts potentially the AEW title as the best-looking title. Mm, The WWE United Kingdom Championship might have something to say about that. Okay, 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 We're gonna. I, I forget about that fucking title. It's so gorgeous. Uh it's such a nice belt too. Uh, I mean, a, don't get me wrong. AW is, is also a beautiful title, but I think that UK one just. I think for me, that's my that's my personal favorite. I would like to own that title at one point, but I have to remember. I'm like, uh, I really don't have any United Kingdom in me, so. And you would have to. <laughs> get the chops slapped out of you from Walter just to get one of those. I don't want my chest to explode. It's okay. No one does. But That's true. You know, it's a sacrifice we, we must make. <laughs> That's true. So, that being said, um, we're kind of curious what everyone thinks about this belt. Super curious. Let us know. Hmm. Um. I would like to hear opinions. I really would. Yes, we would. And again, you know, it doesn't change the the, the company itself. Still of New Japan. Um, I think Sakura is coming up. Sakura, Sakura Genesis. I think we had this discussion last time. Mm-hmm. Um, that is 
this weekend, April 4th. Ooh. Easter. What? Easter Sunday. Look at that. And it's, this one's going to be a good one, Scott. I'm not going to go too deep into it because we've got a lot of wrestling going on. Um, mm. But the main event for this one's going to be Kota Ibushi versus Will Ospreay for this new title. Ooh. So. That'll be a good match. It will be a fun match. Well, that being said, we're going to hop over to uh, some of our other pro- uh, products this week. NWA Power returns, Scott and I. No, Oh, man. We are... We haven't started watching it yet, but we're gonna be we're we're keeping our eye out on what's going on here. Um, Slice Boogie defeated Jeremiah Plunkett. Um, Tyrus defeated Matthew Mims. Thunder Rose and Alex uh, Gracia defeated Sky Eye Blue in Genocide by disqualification. Uh, no disqualification match. Chris Adonis defeated Trevor Murdoch to win the national title. Wow. Yeah, so things are happening over there in uh, NWA. No shortage of action. I cannot wait to get back on that train. So bad. Um, speaking about trains, Impact Train. Uh, we are a little over a week away from Hardcore Justice because, you know, you got nothing to do next Saturday, guys. It's not like anything <laughs> is going on next Saturday. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Um, so this week we had, uh, Shira and Falaba, uh, take, uh, they lost to Rahit Raju and Hernandez. Why was I not home for that? Why do I feel like I missed that? Sorry, I'm thinking out loud, guys. I'm like sitting here. I'm like, why don't I remember that match? Where was I on Tuesday? It's been a long week. Woo. Um, The next one I definitely remember. Fire and Flavor defeated Havoc and Nevea, where yeah. Nevea attacked Havoc yeah. afterwards. Uh, it hurt me to see those those pop up on Twitter. But, you know, we we did get some likes from Nevea for it, so uh, it's not all bad news. <laughs> no, it is not. Um, Sammy Callahan defeated Larry D. Uh, Larry D and Isimero kicked the shit out of Sammy Callahan afterwards. Sammy looked like he was definitely, and I think um, D'Lo and Matt Stryker said it best, he was trying to trick Trey Miguel into coming out and helping him. Next week, there's a tag match, and Callahan gets to choose his partner. And he already knows who his partner is, but he's going to give him a week to think about it. Interesting. Uh, Myers defeated Suicide. Uh, Myers looked great. You know, I can't, can't mention him enough. Josh Alexander in TJP took on and lost against Aust- Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Let me tell you, fucking Josh Alexander is a fucking beast. If that guy doesn't have a title soon, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, for the main event, we had Cowboy James Stong take on and defeat Eric Young in his 1,000th match. Insanity. The great thing i saw this happen well i didn't see it but i mean i saw it on twitter freaking cowboy chris harris old tag team partner of james storm showing up i was just like oh hi america most wanted how are you doing today (laughs) so that was a nice callback to the old days 
Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was definitely a good time. Oh, we had Kenny Omega at some point come out into the ring and he talked. I'm trying to remember where and when. But anyways, Impact was good. Um, they're definitely building up towards Rebellion now. Um, April 24th. We will be covering that, Scott. You nice. guys better be watching. Nice. Scott, it's not only is this a go-home show. This this is this is going to be the we won't count next week because next week is a pay-per-view. But this is technically the last week of the Wednesday Night Wars. That is correct, sir. Yes, NXT officially moving to Tuesdays starting on April the 13th, which is conveniently right after Mania. It's a perfect time to do so, especially with everything that's going on with you know NBC's sport, uh, Sports Network shutting down and all their major sports are going to be moving to USA, especially for Wednesday nights has been a big staple on, on uh, NBCSN uh, for hockey night. So they're, they're moving that to USA, which makes sense. So naturally, something's going to give. And during the primetime hour, sports are unfortunately going to win over wrestling at this point in time. So NXT is going to shift over to Tuesdays. So this undoubtedly will help both both shows. We could possibly see massive increases in viewership on both shows. So I'm all for it. I mean, I know you and I joked about the whole Wednesday Night War thing for the whole time. It hasn't been a war. Like, AEW has wiped the floor with NXT. Like, and, and sometimes it's funny because sometimes NXT's put out the superior product. But AEW still beats them in the rating side. So it's like It's fun. It is. It's fun. It's fun to call it a war. Because like with you and me, it's it's all a big fun joke. It's not like we don't take it super serious. But th some people they take the shit super serious. <laughs> so now now they can sit back, they can relax if they choose to want to watch both shows they can if they want to watch one or the other okay well now you have that option you get the other day off now we don't though scott that's all right it actually it works out just fine so now it's like i now i technically get wednesdays off I'm, i don't have to i don't have to worry about it so much but now i have to work on tuesdays when i didn't before so it's like a give and take i'm actually curious to see how this is going to affect both brands I think like, this will be good for both. Uh, I honestly, yeah, I honestly think that NXT could probably pull on a Tuesday, oh, maybe seven fifty to nine, and I can probably see AEW without having any direct competition, unless people want to start watching hockey on USA. They could probably push eight fifty to a mil if they keep going with uh, good storytelling, which. They have been doing a, a, a decent job at it lately, so <clears throat> we'll see. Yes, they have been. And we're just going to hop right into AEW because, obviously, we have the, the, the big show to talk about at the end of this. 
Um, first and foremost, we got to see Christian Cage make his in-ring return after seven years, not including Royal Rumble. Um, open up the show against Frankie Kazarian. I was a big fan of this match. Um, I loved the storytelling that these two did in this match. And You're watching pros. Exactly, yeah. And it's uh, it's refreshing to see. I also didn't realize that Frankie Gazarian going into this match was 11-0 this season already. I was like, God damn, guy. But I think that's, I think it's those were squarely tag team matches because I know that SCU has the stipulation that they put upon themselves that if they lose another tag team match, then they will officially no longer wrestle as a tag team. So this... I'm crossing my fingers that maybe they'll get one more tag team run. At least give Christopher, at least give Christopher Daniels a championship in AEW, and then they can go on a a ride for a while, and then have somebody knock them off, and then you know they can ride off into the sunset if they so choose. That's my hope, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, this match was great. Was it flawless? No, but Christian still looked good. Um. And I loved how it kind of ended. Like, he kept trying to do the kill switch, and Frankie kept pushing him off. And then Frankie made one mistake, thrown into the – into the oh my God, my brain um, – into the post. And then Christian able to grab him, turn him right into it, boom, down. One, two, three. He was like, whew. It's a nice, nice ending. Smooth match. You could tell that Christian was gassed. <laughs> First, first singles match in seven and a half years, and he went nearly twenty minutes. No, he did a good, great, great job. Yeah. It was it was a lot of fun. Absolutely, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Like I actually, you know, I, I watched it today before we recorded because you know had to watch Godzilla versus Kong last night. So priorities, exactly. New movie comes out. I I, I need to watch it. So, but no, I mean. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't. I didn't get distracted by anything. I just my eyes were glued to the television the whole time. I really, really, really liked the match. Good thing you said the match because I was about to make a dumb comment. Go. You talk about the match or the movie? <laughs> well, both. But that's the point. <laughs> well, following that, we have the exhibition match between Cody Rhodes and QT Marshall. Mm. Um, this match wasn't bad. Um, you know, Cody looked good. Um. QT QT definitely definitely an underrated wrestler talent personally, um, but what was fascinating about this Scott. You know what's fascinating about this? The way this match ended mm. was well, a no contest. Which, if I'm not mistaken, Scott, I don't really think AEW has a lot of no contest matches. No, AEW is very to the point of wins and losses. They don't have a lot of DQs, and they don't have barely any no contests. Everything finishes, which I cannot say the same for WWE's product, where if there's not at least four disqualifications in the show, you're not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> but this was not only that that happened, but we had this weird faction formation. I actually loved this when this happened. Yeah, because QT punches. Um, Arn Anderson, Arn drops, and then Cody was like, 
oh my god, what happened? Runs to him. Everybody else gets in the ring. QT's all like, oh my god, what have I done? Ah, he turns around, and then all of a sudden his students like attack, and I'm like, whoa, what's what? We have dissension within the ranks. What's going on? So I was, <laughs> I, I, you know, you know how I am. I, I do love me some factions. So now, now we have one. And uh, also uh, props for uh, Red Velvet running out there at the end and putting her body on the line to save Cody. And, of course, my brain, after watching WWE for so long, was like, oh, they're probably going to end up doing some type of love story thing here with Red Velvet going after Cody and then Brandy coming back after, you know, having a child. <laughs> We'll have we'll turn it to some things, and then I slap myself and realize, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not watching, you know, Attitude Era with Vince Russo. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, we um, this was good. I'm, and I know a lot of people. A lot of people seem to be like okay with this, but I, I'm really curious because mm. not only QT, who's been an underrated talent, but you're gonna see some of his students. Yes, uh, I think one of them was a bronze medalist as a boxer. Um, I can't remember the name escapes me at the moment, but he's the one who who laid out Cody with that shot to the solar plexus. Um, so that should be interesting. Obviously, I'm sure they're all you know green as hell, but that's fine. QT will will, will turn them into a into a fine fine team. So I, I'm. Uh, I am excited to see where this goes. Agreed. Uh, agreed. Uh, following that, we had John Moxley take on Cesar Bononi in a uh, with Moxley winning, per usual. Um, completely chokes out Cesar. Done. I, I I I tweeted this last night. I actually find it fascinating that he's one of the few wrestlers who wins mostly by submissions. Yeah. Or knockouts. Yeah, not knockouts, but you know, like yeah, yeah. I pick it up what you're putting down. But it was, it was. I, I liked it. Um, loved it. Looking forward to it. Also, somewhere in the mix of this, we did get a we got an Ethan Page promo, which yes, is exciting. I was just about to bring that up. Um, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky as a tag team. Sign me the fuck up. It, <laughs> did hurt a little bit when they were like, oh, by the way, see us on Mondays. And I'm like... <sighs> yep. Well, I mean, they got to plug the show, Dark Elevation. They got to plug it. That's, you know, it's a perfect way to do it. They're taking on the Sidow brothers. So, uh, hey, I'm all for it. The, the one problem that I have with some of the AEW stuff is that they will do something on Dynamite. But if you haven't watched Elevation or Dark, you won't get it. And while I know a lot of people do watch those two shows, AEW needs to do a better job of explaining what happened on those other shows. So when something happens on the main show that the majority of the people watch, they understand it. I guess they just don't reference it enough. And that just, I, it's one thing that kind of has always irked me with AEW is that they don't do enough referencing to the, to the show that something started on. 
They've no, done I, it a few times, but majority of the times, nope. <laughs> no, I agree with that. You know, that's something where you're like, okay, that's awesome, but we're missing something here. Yeah. <laughs> Too many questions. Well, you know what we don't have questions about? This next segment. The gift. <laughs> the gift of for, to the pinnacle. Um, they have their own uh, interior decorator. Mm. And it was exciting. And let me tell you, I had one of those cartoony moments. Like, like you know where I'm going with this. Yep. Where he goes into the bathroom and you just see the whole inner circle just standing there. Because <laughs> you open the door and he closes. He's like, <laughs> we're going to go. <laughs> we're going to get out of here. <sighs> and they open the other door. And long and behold, Jake Hager is standing there. Oh, man. This was an incredible segment. Now, this is what I will say. I almost feel like they should have given the Pinnacle a lot more time to just be dominant before they had brought back the Inner Circle. Okay. Um, Because I'm just thinking, I'm like, they just only started showing their dominance. They've only really had one match together. And I, w- I, I wanted to see this ta- them to just pretty much put themselves towards the top. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, knock, knock, who's there? Jericho and team. But with the way that this was executed, I can't be too upset. Yeah, I mean, it was a straight-out ambush. So it's like you kind of expect the pinnacle not to be the winners here because you really can't prepare for that. And obviously, Inner Circles had weeks to do this. They had weeks to think about it. So this makes sense. Like, honestly, this is where you should introduce Blood and Guts. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that would be a perfect time. Now that, you know, the crowds are starting to come back and, you know, things are starting to look better. What a way to, you know, bring back 50 to 75% capacity building Oh, here's um, our rendition of War Games. And these guys are going to squawk. We should always do it like Regal. Um, But then we wouldn't be doing it justice. (laughs) But um, I think that would be the perfect way to bring this to fruition. Because they were supposed to do it before. And obviously we all know what happened. But I think if if anybody can pull it off, it would be these two teams. Agreed. And there's there's what five six a piece, so Christ that would be even bigger than 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 war games. <laughs> so, would, whew, supersized. I like it. Speaking about teams, up next on the top of the hour, we had the six man tag match between the Lucha Bros, Laredo Kid taking on Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, this was fun. This was good. This is exactly what you'd expect. I need a trios title. Tony Khan, pull the trigger. Bring me the trios championship. Bring him the head of somebody who can give him the trios belt. Um, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this was this was just a lot of fun. Um, obviously, Kenny and the Good Brothers are just f- flawless executioners. Uh, 
mm. as well as the 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 Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. They're uh, just a lot of fun. Like mm. part of the backbone of the company. Um, one thing I'd like to know is where's Pac? That was my question I had last night, and I'm wondering if he's back over in Lund- England right now. I don't know. We'll have to do some research on that because Laredo Kid kind of just came out of nowhere. Well, I'm wondering if I, Pac, because they're having lo- um, there there's a surge over there again with COVID numbers. Oh, maybe that make that does make some sense. Makes a lot of sense, actually. Again, if that's not, I'm, I'm not trying to make excuses, but that's the only thing I can come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I want to see Pac involved here. Um, however, let me tell you, last night on Dynamite. There was some there was some shit that happened that just makes you go, okay, okay, I'm biting. I'm biting. So after we have this wonderful match between you know Kenny Omega, who does perform the one winged angel on Laredo Kid, John Moxley comes out. Yes. And not only does John Moxley come out comes out, but he has company. He has company of Lo and behold, the Young Bucks. Scott, this is a big deal. This is huge. This is. It's a big deal for next week, too. <clears throat> I, I, I'm, 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 I'm on board. I'm, I, I want this to happen now. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because it's always been Kenny and the Bucks. They are yep. the elite. Yep. You know, they are, you know, you can lose everybody else in the equation and it would, oh, it would still be Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And now the, the, the foundation of pretty much what created all elite has crumbled. It's crazy. It truly is. So I cannot wait to see what happens here now. And keep in mind, Scott, it is now April. And by technicalities, I mean, technically we still have two months. But <laughs> double or nothing is next month, Scott. That is true. <clears throat> no, oh, boy. Oh, boy. That aside, we had a pretty cool woman's <clears throat> ad match. Right after that, um, Hikaru Shida and Ty Conti taking on the Bunny and Nyla Rose. Mm-hmm. Ty Conti has definitely stolen the show with her talent in the ring. Agreed. Um, Nyla looked great. I was glad to see, glad to see finally Allie. I'm going to call her Allie here for a minute. Allie wrestling and. Stealing the pin. Right? For this match. Yeah. You want to talk about having fire? Um, Speaking of fire, we also had that promo of Britt Baker saying like, well, it was an unsanctioned match, so it doesn't count. <laughs> I knew I knew eventually she would pull that out and be like, nah, it was unsanctioned. It didn't matter. I never lost. It never happened. So, and I'm completely still on board with with. With Miss DMD. 
Agreed. Agreed. I mean, this, she's playing her role well. Know your role. Um, but I'm also liking, you know, the addition to the, the Hardy family, if you will. I believe they call themselves the Hardy family office now. <laughs> also, speaking of Hart, Matt Hardy, that Darby Allen promo towards the beginning of the show. Oh, yeah. I love, oh my God. I need to go back and find that again and watch it. It was just, I love when Darby does these little mind game things uh, with his videos. And it's just, it's so, it's so well done. Um, I, I'm actually, I am absolutely fascinated by Darby, Allen, uh, Darby Allen's character. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with this um, going forward. Agreed. Agreed. Um, there is no shortage of storytelling right now in AEW. I will say that. Agreed. Um, but. So following that. Keep in mind, I'm sitting here this whole time. Everything is going on. And I'm like, okay, Kenny was top of the hour. This is going on. What match is closing the show? Totally blanked that it was going to be Arcade Anarchy. <laughs> uh, this was fun to watch for, you know, a couple reasons. It was also Actually, hard to watch if you're a collector like myself. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that is very true. That is very true. So first and foremost, when I heard An Arcade Anarchy, I was thinking something that would have been a mid-card event that would have been like, okay, this was a cool match. But no, this was uh, the main event, and it was a really fun match. It was really good. It was. Um, the spots, um, just, you know, there was that point where uh, Penelope P. Ford got involved and, uh, you know, pulled Auburn out of the ring. Uh, just throwing everybody through the cabinets, um, the whack-a-mole set. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was laughing at that. Um, but we had not one, not two, but three returns during this match. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> this was big deal. Big shit. Yeah. Um, we had first and foremost it was funny so my, one of my other friends texted me and goes yo I was thinking of somebody completely different so first and foremost I knew somebody was coming out when they got it, it actually it was right after Auburn got pulled out at Aubrey, yeah. Aubrey Edwards got pulled out Yep. And they started going, you know, kicking the shit out of each other, you know, outside of the uh the ring. And you see the claw machine start to move violently. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, that's not running. A claw machine doesn't do that on uh, if you're not using it. And I'm like, somebody's in there. I, I to be honest with you, nothing clicked. Nothing clicked at that point. I'm like, oh, it's going to be somebody we already know or something like that. 
Chris Statlander comes out. What a pop. And also, I love the fact that when she shoved the the pexiglass out of the the machine, how it smacked Penelope Ford right in the face. <laughs> like, flawless. Like, whap, down, down she goes. Now, if you remember, Chris Statlander and Penelope Ford were just starting a feud when Chris got hurt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I saw her, I was like, oh, my God, they're going right back into their feud. And sure enough, they did because Chris took Penelope right out of the match real quick. (laughs) So the crazy thing about all this is while that's going on, my buddy texts me. He goes, oh, I thought it was going to be somebody completely different. And within a matter of five minutes, he texts me back. Oh, nope, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> so shortly after that nobody's putting two and two together I'm not putting two and two together I certainly wasn't either and all of a sudden the van shows up a van <laughs> it's Sue <laughs> and who's with Sue Trent Trent back um, the ending of this match was so satisfying yes Especially at the end where they do the the, the 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 best friend hug and then Chris Statlander comes in for a hug. Yeah. Like, yo, we're gonna have a uh, you're gonna have a, a woman join best friends. Awesome. I, I can confirm this because Orange Cassidy last night actually tweeted out the aliens with us now. I'm like, yes. Oh my god, I'm just like what a match. What a match. Everyone looked great. Especially Definitely... when uh Chris Statlander put Penelope Ford through the hockey table. Yeah. Um. This was ideal. This was a lot of fun. We can't. Oh, dude, I'm amazing, incredible, incredible closing. You know, this episode of Dynamite, I would definitely say, may not have been the best episode, but it had a lot of shit going on. Yeah, a lot of lot of um, lot of things moving. Um, but it was fun to watch. It wasn't sometimes you know how you know how they can how both shows can get on Wednesdays. Sometimes there's that low period, and you're kind of just like, all right, next segment. But this show really didn't have that. It was pretty. It was pretty fluid the whole way through. I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Hmm. Oh, that's it's. Yeah. That's, what, what else can you say? Um, but Scott, let's flip over for the last time. Oh, man. You want to talk about an episode of TV that was action-packed? Oof. My God. It was insane. Oh, oh, NXT. How I love thee. Let me count the ways. Speaking of counting, let's talk about Caragrams. And he's kissing his grits, counting his money. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a what a match to kick off the show. Cameron Grimes with Roddy Strong. And I feel so bad for Roderick Strong because he seriously has a case of PTSD when it comes to anything that is Undisputed Era related. And just 
I love I love the acting that Roddy did when like him and Grimes during this match were fighting on the outside and then all of a sudden he looks up into the into the crowd and somebody's wearing an you know, undisputed error shirt and he kind of freezes and it allows Cameron Grimes to take advantage of that moment and then the ending I thought was spectacular. Cameron Grimes reaches into his shorts and I'm thinking okay here comes a foreign object no no. It was an undisputed era armband. It gets dropped onto the mat after Roddy kind of just throws Cameron on the other side of the ring. He sees it, picks it up, kind of looks at it with like this like shocked look to his face. No pun intended, the whole shock the system thing. And then Cameron drops him with the cave-in and gets the win. I love good storytelling. Cameron Grimes trying to buy the rights to Undisputed Era, and he wants to Grimes the system. I was like, oh, guys, I love it. I love this. I love this shit so much. <laughs> so that was a fantastic way to start the show off. We then shift gears and go to Legato del Fantasma coming out You know, next week. Uh, I believe it's during night one, uh, with Santos taking on Jordan Devlin for the, you know, to unify the Cruiserweight titles, find out who's our actual champion. Issues an open challenge, and who answers it? Surprisingly enough to me, I did not expect this, but it was Tyler Breeze. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I just, I'm like, mm, all right, get to watch mm, gorgeous wrestling. I, I'm completely okay with that. Santos does pick up the victory, but, you know, Tyler Breeze looking amazing, you know, uh, in the ring as always. So this, if anything, makes him, makes uh, Santos Escobar look better. Uh, I actually am really looking forward to that match um, because the little bit that I've actually been able to see of Jordan Devlin when I could watch NXT UK I I appreciated what what he was doing, and well, being able to watch Santos Escobar since his arrival has just been fantastic. So uh, this will be a a very hard hitting affair, and I, and I want to see how much Legato, the rest of Legato the Fantasma, gets involved in that match. So. Uh, after that, uh, we shift gears. Uh, we have The Ways, uh, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, defeating Gigi Dolan and, i screw up a name, and I hate that, uh, Zeta Raymer, I believe? Yep. Okay, so they beat them, and then they challenge Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, which the champs accept and then fire their tank at Indy, who completely no sells, <laughs> completely no shells the, the the shell casing. I'm like, ah, Indy, come on. Also, I laughed also, pretty hard though. She was like completely shocked that this happened. She didn't know what to do. <laughs> also, keep in mind there was that little the bit beforehand where Johnny Gargano was talking about uh, something and. She goes, I'll take Dexter Loomis. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The, oh my God. The, um, 
the love infatuation she has with Dexter Lumis is just it's next level and I just like <laughs> I laugh every single time she does stuff like that or if she tweets different things it's all, almost always related to to Dexter and it's just it's fantastic so bravo really really love it um after that Raquel Gonzalez taking on and defeating Zoe Stark, but Zoe Stark still looking fantastic. She's going to be a force in this women's division for years to come, and I'm really, really excited for it. Like, I don't know what it was. Like, that first time when she was on TV, like her debut, she just had that presence about her. And I'm, and I was just like, ooh, okay. I see what you're doing. I like this. And then the following week, taking on the women's champion and taking EO to the limit, I was like, all right, I'm sold on this one. Okay. And she looked just as strong as she did against Raquel, but obviously Raquel is a woman on a mission at this point. Um, so <laughs> there's that. I stick by my statement. I get Daniel Bryan vibes from her. From Zoe Stark? No, I agree with you 100%. Absolutely. I can definitely see that. Um, but speaking of Raquel Gonzalez, um, can we talk about EO and um, how she attacked her? Um, not once, twice, or three times, but four times during this show. <laughs> oh, what? I lost. It was the funniest thing ever. <laughs> and how Raquel just kept putting her down every single time until the end of the show. It was just outstanding. Like, beat her up once in the back. You know, and then the second time, you know, she, she beats her again and throws her through something. The third time, she literally threw her through a wall. It's like, holy shit, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I that's the they're quickly making that match. Obviously, it's it's EO anyways, and Raquel's definitely done a phenomenal job. They're making that match just that much more, you know, anticipated. So you want I'm, some I'm, anticipating matches. Mm. <sighs> All right. After that, we had Zia Lee, who was supposed to be teaming up with Tiny Shab, but that didn't happen. Um, it ended up being a two-on-one handicap match uh, with Zia Lee taking on and actually defeating Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Number one, because Caden Carter decided she wanted to go talk some shit to Kate Chai. She got literally smoked out and put to sleep. <laughs> And, of course, this distracted Casey, who Zaya kicked her into next month. And, uh, yeah, that was the end of that match. So I part of me kind of feels like they're slowly going to kidnap these two and turn them like they did for Boa and for, for Zaya Lee. That's just that feeling that I'm getting. It, you know, you mentioned that. And I was thinking that, but I wasn't thinking that. I was, oh, <coughs> you're going to laugh at me. I was actually <laughs> thinking violent by design. 
Okay. I can see what. All right. Similar, similar, similar stories right now. Yeah. Yep. Except you don't have Eric Young going. The world doesn't belong to them; belongs to us. (laughs) It's true. Uh, And then the main event, which seemed to be confusing for a lot of people online, but it kind of made sense to me. It was a was well before we get into that. It was supposed to be a 12-man battle royal. The last six qualify for a gauntlet eliminator next week on NXT Stand and Deliver Night 1. The winner of said gauntlet then takes on Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship on Night 2. So, we were supposed to have 12 men. But after Roddy lost to Cameron Grimes, he literally took his shit and went home. They tried to interview him as he was walking out. He's like, I'm done. And he just leaves. So is Roddy done? Is Roddy getting called up? Who knows? We'll see. But I, I half expected him to show up for this match, but he never did. Yeah, I was I, I was actually shocked when he just didn't show. Yeah, just nothing at all. So I don't know what happened. So two, um, go ahead. Well, no, I was actually going to jump away from the match, but no, let's continue. Okay. Um, so the 11 men, people just getting tossed out towards the beginning. The one, or I should say the two eliminations before we got to our six was very fascinating for me. And I I had hoped that it would turn into a match for takeover. And it did was Kushida and Pete Dunn eliminating each other to get it down to the final six. And Kushida and Pete Dunn have been already kind of bickering at one another about who's the best technical wrestler on NXT. So I'm like, all right, we need a match. And after they eliminated one another, while the main event was still going on, William Regal announced that those two would have a match come takeover. I believe it's on. I believe it's night one. So, ah, uh, yeah, that will be a technical masterpiece to watch, and I am all here for it. But your winner of the eleven man. Battle Royal was L A Knight. Yeah. Yeah. So he will be the last one out. I believe if I remember correctly, the the match will start with Leon Ruff and Swerve Scott, which is fitting. Then it's going to be Bronson Reed. And I believe then after that it's Cameron Grimes. Dexter Loomis and LA Knight. So that's pretty good. That's a pretty good gauntlet. So we'll see who gets that title shot come uh, night two. But after that, pretty much all hell broke loose because EO came down to the ring, started yelling at Raquel to come out in, in Japanese, and then it turned into a giant brawl. 
all the women from the locker room came out. And then EO decided that she wanted to go diving from everywhere and takes out everybody. So EO finally got the best of Raquel Gonzalez to end the show. And I'm just like, it needs to be next Wednesday because I need me some more NXT. So now, Scott, what I was going to say, (laughs) I want to bring this up. So you talk about matches that have hype. Hmm. So, just before we had the match with Zia Lee, Kate and Kat, Casey Cat and Zara, and Kate and Carter, we had a promo. Oh, yes. Which I texted you when I watched it. Yep. And I'm going to, I hope everybody here, you can shit on me all you want. I'm going to yeah. say it. This may be one of the best things. That WWE has ever done, if not done. For promos, absolutely. For match hypes, I would say this could rival The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin's epic promo package that they did for WrestleMania. I believe it was 17. This promo package. Oh my god. I was already hyped for this match, and then I watched that happen, and I'm just like, this is this is beautiful cinema, just watching this. I, uh, the way they hyped this match, mind you, we didn't even get a lot about the Karrion Cross and Finn Balor match. I don't feel like the, if if you never watched wrestling up until this point, or you were catching up, and you saw this promo, you would swear this was main eventing takeover. Right, and honestly, I think it might. It's an unsanctioned match. Part of me thinks that's going to be the end of the show. Because you have Finn and Karrion Cross for the NXT Championship at night, too. I just have a feeling that Cole and O'Reilly is just... Something's going to get destroyed. And I'm not talking about Lynn's, either. It's just... I think these two will literally try to kill one another on national television or on Peacock for our enjoyment. <laughs> and then edit it out in 20 years. Of course. This is going to be incredible. Yes. And also, can we talk about Frankie the dog? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I kept like joking around when they started showing like the, the little promo parts for the dog running around. I'm like, who oh, let the dog run around free? What is going on here? Where's security? <laughs> And, of course, it ends up um, with a partial reveal of a new superstar that's going to debut on April 13th, which is, of course, the first Tuesday NXT. A lot of people assuming, and they're probably all correct, that it's going to be Taya, which, if that's the case, thank God, I can't wait. What did Tommy Dreamer call it in the last appearance she was in? The Stanford uh, Penitentiary? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. But unfortunately, well, fortunately for her, 
it's not going to be Stanford. She's she's locked in. She's going to be locked in uh, Orlando. Mm-hmm. So at least with her being in NXT, she's got a real chance to shine. Because yes. this women's division is strong already. Adding Taya, a world-class athlete, will be fantastic. One of the best knockouts there has ever been. That is very that's very true. I said knockouts, guys. That's but right. it's true because she was she was one of the best knockouts that TNA and Impact ever had. I think she had the longest reign prior to Deanna Peraza too. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, but Scott, it is time. It's Prepare it. the notebook. <laughs> Yes, the handy-dandy notebook. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our first. Uh, it's time. We're going to talk NXT TakeOver. Stand and deliver nights one and two. There's a lot of matches in this in the <laughs> this weekend that I think... Scott and I, we are. I don't. It's going to be tough. Yeah, this is going to be. It's going to be a tough pick for both. <laughs> but I think I might have some some ideas. Right. Um, I'm assuming you have the Wikipedia up for our math uh, cards. Ah, uh, yes. You know the 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 website that all professionals use. Wikipedia. Of course. Of course. <sighs> So, let's start. Night number, number one. Night number one, April 7th, guys. Next Wednesday, less than a week away. Pete Dunne taking on Kushida in that singles match. This might be, this is a tough one here. Mm. Um, I would argue, I don't even know, because you can make an argument for both of them. I know, and that's the crazy part. I would almost want to say Kushida. Okay. I would only I I would almost say Kushida because and not that Pete Dunn doesn't work as a solo act. He's obviously a strong solo act. Right. But with them with uh Oni Larkin and uh Danny Birch uh having to give up the tag titles, I feel like Kushida needs another uh it's gonna get another push because Pete Dunn does have his little faction. Uh, right now. Okay. I know it's probably a weak argument, but still a valid one. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that it's a terrible thing to think to say, because you one could definitely agree with you. Um I will not though. <laughs> um because I think that Pete Dunn's gonna find a way to get this dub, and I think speaking of that little faction, even though Danny Birch is out and um, you know, only Lurkin's all by himself, you have to remember that there's a certain Pat McAfee that was due to arrive in the springtime. And Sam, if you think about it, it is springtime, 
what a better way during WrestleMania week to bring back Mr. Pat McAfee and help Pete Dunne get a dub. Just my thoughts. No, that's a good one. That's a good good argument. Pete, this could be the way to bring back Pat. Um, but I'm going to stand by my statement. That's fine. Because you know that's what? Right. You and I need competition. That's right. That's right. Even so, though some uh, of us like to win often, but um, oh, you know, <laughs> it's WrestleMania week. We can be extra <laughs> on the heat here this week, Scott. <laughs> extra salty this week, boys. <sighs> We can be strong on the salt. I'm just going to take the cap off and dump it. <laughs> so next up, we have MSK, Grizzled Young Veterans, and Legato Del Fantasma for the NXT Tag Team Championships. <clears throat> you know, I think there's only two options here, to, to be honest with you. Okay. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you my number one. Okay. I think it is going to be the Grizzled Young Veterans. Okay. Okay. They talk a lot of smack. They are definitely they're heels. They're yep. great heels. Yep. These are gonna be the guys you want to have the belts and you want to annoy the fuck out of you that they have the belts. Yes. I agree. And 100%. even though and, and they, what they said was kind of true about uh Raul and uh Joaquin, how they're like um you know, the side pieces to um, Santos. To Santos. Yeah. So it would only make sense, I think, that Grizzled Young Veterans. And granted, MSK is really good. They'd be my number two, to be honest with you. And MSK came from Impact as the Rascals and are not fucking around. Nope. They've already established themselves, I think, as one of the best tag teams in NXT. Yep. Which is insane. Um, but I'm going to go Grizzled Young Veterans. I think they're getting these titles. Time for the pull the trigger on the uh, the GYV. Um, <clears throat> I initially was on the MSK train to go with this one. But I think it's time for the Grizzled Young Veterans to no longer soon be recognized as NXT number one. And it is time for them to be recognized as NXT's number one tag team. So I will agree with you with the Grizzled Young Veterans picking up the dub and becoming the new NXT tag team champions. I think it's time. They've they've definitely put in their dues. They got, you know, they got screwed out of the uh <clears throat> the uh Dusty Classic the last two years. It's time to throw them a bone. And I think at takeover, it's time to do so. However, I think there's going to be some shenanigans on how they get to it. I think MSK is going to put themselves in, in you know, to, in the situation to win, and the Grizzled Young Veterans are going to screw them out of it, which will then open up a feud between those two teams. That's just my my thinking of how. Well, I that's think a good analysis. Work. That's a good analysis. <clears throat> what's better than a good What's better than a good heel than a good heel with a belt who stole it? Bingo. Talk about it. Yep. Well. Up next, we have the six-man gauntlet. Um, Leon Ruff, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and L.A. Knight. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, Scott. I don't think there's been a situation where he could be any closer 
And I think it's time to finally have it happen. I think Dexter Loomis is becoming the number one contender on night one. Yep. I am in complete, complete agreement. Um, I, I am sad that that means that both our, our thick boy and Ellie Knight's going to lose, and also Cameron Grimes as well. But you're right. It's time for Dexter Lumis to get that to get the number one contendership, and then go right on to uh, tonight two against Johnny. It just works within the whole scheme of their feud and everything. So, was, yeah, I agree. It's gonna be one hell of a match, though. I can't wait to watch it. It is. It is going to be a hell of a match. Granted. This is definitely one of the few matches where I'm not going to... Well, most of these nights I'm not going to be mad whoever wins any of these. But this is one where I will be happy in any way, shape, or form if any of these guys win. Yeah. I'll take the L on this one. Oh, we'll both take the L on this one, then. That's the case. Honestly, any of the any of the final four, I think, would be, would be great. A great... Um, Opponent for for Johnny come Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um. Next up, it's the UK title is on the line. Walter, let's take it on Tommaso Ciampa. I'm not gonna lie, I think I, I think this one's pretty much a given. Um, I think Walter's retaining this. Oof. Uh, I mean, I, God damn it, I hate doing this, but I agree with you again, but, uh. Don't worry, there'll be other times we'll agree when you'll be wrong, but we will, uh. <laughs> <laughs> again, you know how I like to analyze everything, because that's just how my brain works. I think this is where we get that, um. That turn that we were talking about, or at least I was talking about before. This is where I think Thatcher makes his move and attacks Champa and joins Imperium. Yeah. Yeah, I can see this happening. Um, My chest already hurts just thinking about this match, too, by the way. <laughs> I need to do that for a fact. Scott, last but not least, match five of the night. I think this is going to be a weekend where titles change. Um, the NXT Women's Championship, Io Shirai taking on Raquel Gonzalez. I think, again, there's both women are dominant. Io Shirai's been champion for quite a while. But I think Raquel, Dakota Kai aside, has a huge advantage. And I think she's taken the title. Yep, I agree with you too. So yeah, looks like uh, it's just that, that first match. It's the only separator for us in this night. But yeah, it's definitely time for Raquel to shine 
Um, I love what EO has done as champion, but if we go back to how things work with wrestling, if you're the last person to have the advantage going into a big pay-per-view, nine times out of ten, you're not going to retain your title. Mm -hmm. EO was the last one to stand tall, so... Kel's going to take it home. That is the case. Um, so next, here we go. Night two, guys. Uh, kicking off the night here is the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Emma Moon and Shachi Blackheart taking on the way. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, doesn't matter the shenanigans. I just have this feeling that Shotzi and Ember are retaining these. Okay. Like plain, I just you know, as much as I can see the way taking them, I just see this this as being a. No, nah, I just see Ember and Shotzi keeping them. Okay. Uh, I do agree with you. Um, I think that. Uh, see, this one's this one's a little bit closer than I expected. So I'm kind of wondering, with Johnny defending his title, that this could be, you know what? Ah, uh, Sam, this is tough. You know what? For the sake of argument. Oh, I love arguments. <laughs> if there's anything that Sam loves, it's arguments. It's an argument, especially when it comes to wrestling. I'm going to shift gears, take change of mind. I'm going to pick the way. I think the Garganos are going to leave NXT stand and deliver. Ooh, actually, shit. <laughs> See, this is how close this is. I keep switching back and forth because I, I don't think there's a chance in hell that, that Johnny retains the NA title. Oh, God. This is like fifty-one forty-nine for me right now. Literally, just flipping back and forth. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch it in right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna change my mind again. <laughs> Go back to my first pick. Never always trust you got guys. Always trust you got. I'm gonna pick Ember and Shotzi to retain. But I would not be surprised if Candace and Indy are well able to steal this somehow. Okay. Okay. I literally, I literally talked myself out of and then back into <laughs> my pick. <laughs> so, with that being said, Scott, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right into probably the most difficult match of the night, maybe the weekend. Um, in terms of who to choose, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, God. Oh. I'm going to make an argument for me here because it's really tough. Both of these men have a lot to prove. What I'm going to say, I'm going to choose Adam Cole, baby. 
And I will tell you why. I'm looking at the bigger picture here. What Adam Cole has done to get to this point, he's already been on top. He is a monster. Agreed. With Adam Cole winning, I strong and not not that Kyle O'Reilly won't look any stronger. I, Kyle O'Reilly's on his way up to the top himself, which is great. Um, do I am I concerned about him? I think we've had this talk. Yes, I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Adam Cole, by winning this match, establishes himself as the grade A piece of shit. <laughs> That belongs on top. I just think it it strongly establishes him as one of the best out there. I think it does more for Adam Cole to win than Kyle O'Reilly. Okay. Almost like I beat them because I'm better than them. And I'm the reason why I deserve to be on top. Okay. Retort? I do have one. I do have one. I, and the reason why I reacted to when you said Adam's name is that I swore up and down that you would pick Kyle O'Reilly. But your reasoning, very sound. I can agree with it. However, however, I'm picking Kyle O'Reilly because I think... Fuck you, Sam. That's why. (laughs) I am picking Kyle O'Reilly because I believe it is time for Adam Cole, Bebe, to make his way to Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Now you make me watch one of those shows. Fuck. I'm telling you, it's time. Adam's done everything in NXT. He, at this point, doesn't need to stay anymore. Kyle, winning this match, can put him immediately in the top tier and keep him there. Instead of him being like a fringe heavyweight challenger, this will be like, oh, fuck, you beat the longest reigning NXT champion of all time and your former best friend. And you sent him out of the brand. Uh, hi. Next challenger for the title. That is a fair argument. So I I believe this will be Adam Cole's send-off match. Um, and then we will be seeing him on the red or blue brand after WrestleMania. Because I'm telling you, if I hear shock the system on Raw, your phone is going to blow up. I'm just telling you right now. It's going to happen. Realize if he goes on one of these brands, I'm going to have to start watching just for him. And that makes me very happy because I'll have somebody to talk to about the show. <laughs> because I've, I have said a long time ago, Scott, what did I say when he got signed? I have a strong feeling that Adam Cole will become the face of this company. Yep. And he... Unfortunately, can't do it from the black and gold brand. He needs to be on a show where you get millions of viewers. 
So personally, I hope he goes to SmackDown because Friday nights and have him on Fox is even more eyes because SmackDown's pulling over two mil every week. Easy. Raw is only pulling like one point seven. And Raw's been god awful lately, so I want him far away from it. <laughs> so that would also mean Oh man. Sorry, I'm, I'm like breathing really heavy right now. Um, <laughs> heavy breathing, engaged. If he goes to SmackDown, that opens up. Fantasize with me. His, let's do some fantasy book and Scott. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seth Rollins is on SmackDown. Yep. And they so both be heels. Would they feud together? Would they feud against each other? Or would they join forces? I would not. I would argue that they wouldn't join forces because of how Adam Cole is. Right. But you could see Adam Cole fighting Cesaro. Some up, up, down, down representation. You could see him fighting Jeff Hardy. You could see him fighting Daniel Bryan. We already got a teaser match between those two last year or the year before. Yeah, two years ago. Daniel's going to want that rematch, and I want to see it. I'm getting literally getting chills right now just thinking about that first match between Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole. I'm not breathing right now. My God. When when <laughs> when NXT took over before Survivor Series, I want that. Like, I want to see him, like, just dominate and become champion in, like, a matter of, like, a few months. And just, oh, my God. Huh. So that's why I picked Kyle Riley. <laughs> because of all those doors, maybe forbidden... Have will open for Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about this. Like, like, like. It's exciting to think about. It really is because this could be a game changer for whatever show he goes on, as long as the writers don't completely drop the ball. Which I feel like Adam Cole could pull off anything at this point. Yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. Before I start like drooling over the thought of this, <laughs> we still have three more matches to go. Scott, up next, Johnny Gargano is taking on the Gauntlet Eliminator winner for the North American title. Scott, I have a feeling you and I have the same answer on this one. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a new champion, Mr. Dexter Loomis. Mr. Loomis himself. <sighs> yep. That's a that's a given. Um could Johnny retain? Sure. Possible. You know, Johnny Gargano is one of the best talents that they have. And it's at a and it's at a at a takeover. So it is at we a takeover. Could get Johnny Takeover again. But I just feel like and I think it's Dexter's time. Especially at Mania time. I do as well. Up next, we have the. It's time. The the probably one of the you want to talk about long term stor- storytelling. <laughs> the ladder match between Jordan Devlin and Santos Escobar for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. Hmm. Yeah, 
I'm gonna. I have. I have some theories. Okay. Um, I could be wrong, but I'm going to. I'm gonna throw a monkey in the wrench here. Or a okay. Wrench in there. That's not how the saying goes. <laughs> a monkey in the wrench. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're like, you're wrong already by saying that, but yep, go on. Uh, <laughs> Please continue. Please tell me more. <laughs> I'm going to pick Jordan Devlin on this one. All right. All right. All right. Um, he has... He has... First of all, uh, just... Uh, I can make the argument that, first and foremost, he had the title first. True. Um. Granted, that's a poor example because now Santos Escobar has to defeat him to get to be officially become the champion. Correct. Um, But um, Jordan Devlin, I think he's just uh, he's very focused. Um, he's been on the bench for a while in regards to not being able to do anything with it. Right. Um, it's great to have seen Santos have it. But I, I, I honestly want to see what Jordan's going to do. I want to see Jordan retain. And, you know, just get the run he didn't get to get have before uh, before COVID. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes really good sense. But? <laughs> but I'm going with Santos. Um, I think that Legato, Del Fantasma is going to, the rest of the crew is going to get involved. Um, and the Iris Ace doesn't have any friends over in NXT UK. So nobody's going to come and help them. Um, but it is, it is takeover weekend. It is, but I don't know. I just, I think maybe NXT UK should have another title. But that would be nice, but I doubt that that doubt that'll happen. Um, but I think that I think Santos is gonna find a way. Okay, not a not a not a bad dis, uh, disagreement. Um, again, a tough one, definitely a tough tough one. It is, yeah. Um, like there's there's only a few matches that were both like, yeah, it's gonna be this. Yeah, it's gonna be that. Like the the Walter match on night one, Dexter winning the gauntlet match, and Dexter winning the NA title. Those are the three that were just like, no, nah, it's gonna be that. But every, every other match so far, we've been like, mm, uh, uh, reasons. <laughs> uh huh. So now, Scott, last but not least. The NFC Championship match, Finn Balor taking on Karrion Cross. Mm. Um, this one, I think this one might be a more obvious choice. Okay. Um, again, A, I'm not going to be upset. B, this is definitely a tough one. Because, mm. you know, both both people are coming in, going in here with their eye on the prize. Nobody's true. distracted. Very That's true. the thing. So there's some matches here where people are going in and they're heavily distracted. Or they're um, careless, but Finn and Carrion, these two, both of these guys, are just like laser focused. Mm. 
Nobody, despite Scarlet being in the mix for Cross, he's not not paying attention. So I think Karrion is getting, again, somebody else who's injured. Um, I think he's getting his belt back. I do agree with you. Um, I think it's going to be one hell of a match. Um, funny part of it is, I don't believe that this match would be match of the night. Agreed. So I think we all know which match is going to be match of the night. And I honestly believe that Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly will close out this show. I don't take it as a disrespect for Finn or Karrion Cross, but since this match is quote-unquote unsanctioned, technically doesn't have a spot on the card. I Well, and that's what usually the unsanctions do. That's why they're usually at the end of the mat, uh, night. Right, that's that's what I mean. Like, so main event of a card is going to be Finn and Karen Cross. The match to end the show, I believe, is going to be Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. I I agree with that. And the only and I you know I hate when this always happens when things get compared to other shit. Right. But like you said, the magnitude of that match. We're saying outrageous, outlandish statements here. But if there's any match I've ever seen where I can go, this could be the equivalent of the Mega Powers exploding, it would be Colin O'Reilly. Yeah. That is an excellent um, comparison, by the way. Because, you know, Undisputed Era as a whole has been ridiculous. And because this match is unsanctioned, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw both Roddy... And Bobby Fish somehow get involved in this match. Oh, Bobby Fish getting involved. Interesting. I know he's injured, but he can still make an appearance. I Just a thought. I don't know. I don't know if maybe Roddy was thinking, hey, I need to do something else. Let's go talk to Bobby. I don't know. I, I'm literally just throwing that out in the air. I don't know if that's going to happen. But it wouldn't surprise me. I think it would actually add to the story. So, but that I don't know, that's that's just that's just my crazy thought on it. Um, I'm with you. I am with you on that. Um, but Scott, there it is. We're ready to go. I know. It's going to be, uh, what a what a week that's coming up. You and I, it's going to be wild. It's going to be wild. And I hope you guys definitely are paying attention. I hope you guys join us. Um, remember, we have so much content coming your way over the next couple of, couple of weeks. Um, next week, sorry, not a couple of weeks. Jeez, if it was a couple of weeks, Scott would be crying in a room right now. Um, <laughs> well, there's going to be there's going to be live tweeting probably for about oh, I don't know, two weeks straight with next week because you got Raw on Monday, the Hall of Fame on Tuesday, then there's night one of Stand and Deliver and AEW, so we'll be double tweeting that. 
Then Thursday is night two of um, Stand and Deliver. Uh, and if I remember correctly, Impact has moved to Thursday is starting on the 8th. So they'll be playing as well. Sam, I don't know which one you're going to be watching, but there's also that. <laughs> then Friday, there's SmackDown. Saturday, night one of WrestleMania. Sunday, night two of WrestleMania. And then we go right into Monday, back to Raw. Tuesday is the new NXT. And then AEW. And then Impact. And then it's like there's wrestling five days a week now. So we will be active on Twitter every single day of the week now in some form and capacity. We will be. Um, guys, looking forward to it. Thank you for thank you for listening to us. And if you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at media underscore bedlam. You can find myself as Stanley SOB official, Scott as the as Scotty J Stream. I almost said it, Scott. And Jerry, our latest edition, uh, Super Ghost Radio co-host um, by the Jinxist. That's J-I-N-X-I-S-T. Uh, we are on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram as Bedlam Media. You can find us on all streaming platforms. Uh, still working on Pandora. If there's a streaming platform you cannot find us on, please let us know, and we will try to get ourselves on there. And if you already have us on the streaming platforms, please like, comment, retweet, reshare, whatever. Send us a review. Let people know why Bedlam Media above the and above the ring. It's the product, the podcast that you listen to and why they should listen to it as well. Guys, thank you for listening. WrestleMania week is about to begin. Don't forget to like us and subscribe to us. And as always, do not forget to join the Bedlam. Let's go. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.